Welcome, ladies and gents, to the Sports Online Podcast, where we talk about football to fishing and everything in between. Today, we have another fishing episode. And before we get into our topic for today, I have a very important question for the guys. So, are you guys ready for that? Yes. Absolutely. Are you sure? Positive. Positive? Okay. Uh-huh. Why is the sky blue? That is a. Do you want the actual answer? Yes, or? I want the actual answer. Okay, well, since the light spectrum has a large amount of blues, blues is the one perceived. But it comes off of the ocean. The ocean, and what is the what is the? Wait, hold on, hold on. Do, please tell me you don't actually believe that. I don't know. I mean, it sounds cool. I but anyway, <laughs> the ocean is blue because it reflects the sky. Well, it co- it's because of the ocean, and you know what we're talking about today: things that live in ocean-ish water. So. What what defines ocean-ish? Uh, salt water. Okay, so like brackish is in, is ocean-ish, exactly. but it's not oceanic. And some of the fish we will be referring to, and the fish that uh you know are very popular in the winter, inhabit or can inhabit brackish water. Oh, cool. And that is redfish. They can live in fresh and salt water. And trout. And so can bass. But anyway, um, yeah. What's on tap today, Porter? So today we are going to be looking. At rods, reels, lines, and combos. Now, for this time of the year, the best one of the best rods um, for me is like a, a Fenwick, a Fenwick rod. But they they are more of the upper class in terms of um, rods. Um, but if you're looking for more of a budget rod, I'd say go for like a Toadfish. Toadfish are good. And pin. Pin has underrated rods. Yep. Oh, I thought you were saying pinfish were an underrated fish. No. But uh, yeah, <laughs> just to show what I know about we'll fishing get equipment. More into the specifics, but I definitely agree with you, Porter. And I think for this episode, it'll be important. We'll try. I think. Well, what do you guys? I think we're gonna keep. I'm gonna keep the budget in mind. I'm not gonna go for the extra bang cream of the crop stuff because, honestly, I think. I, in my opinion, the best stuff are the ones that you find work that the sorry, let me rephrase that. The best rods and reels are the ones you can find that are similar or to par with the best. That way you're not spending an arm and a leg on something that's like a thousand dollars pin. <clears throat> so yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I know nothing about fishing equipment, so for all of you out there that definitely don't know anything like me, uh, I'm right here with you. Uh, all these brand names they're going to drop. It's going to be a little confusing, uh, but stick in, uh, stick with us. I'll be there just as confused as y'all are. I'll ask questions hopefully that are relevant to you. And yeah, let's get on with it. So uh, let's start with the the big ticket item, the stuff that everybody wants to know about, rods. Is there, uh, when when it comes to rods, can you skip out on anything? Can you almost cheap out i guess is the word you'd use can you can you do any of that with rods or is that the one place where you cannot uh spare any expense so with rods they have actions they have there are different kinds there's medium heavy there's medium light there's medium fast medium fast and technically pretty much what it is is um heavy is like well the tiers so like light medium and heavy is how easy the rod can bend and how sensitive the tip is. So if you have a heavy rod, the rod isn't going to bend as much as if you have a light. Then with the light, it it's super easy to bend. That's they're good for things like if you're fishing for flounder or fish that like take trout. Them, yeah. 
fish to have like little nibbles, it makes it to where you can notice the hits more, which makes them effective for inshore fishing. That's why a lot of people use like medium light for fishing for trout or um, even in some cases redfish because they can sense the bite. And sheep's head too. Sheep's head's a big one because sheep's head, they are, they're notorious for having really small bites and usually the small bites can take your whole bait. So those sensitive tips are very useful for catching those fish. So how does a sensitive tip work? Is it just, it, so uh, how I understand it, it's basically uh, you're, you're more prone to feel the hit from the fish. But so how does, how does this, how does it, you know, basically become more sensitive? What, what causes it to be more perceptive to when a fish hits your line? So, uh, and I, I, again, not a professional when it comes to the genetic makeup, if you will, of, of the rod. But so, you know, you have your rod and you have the, the eyelets. That's not what they're called, but I'm going to call them eyelets. Um, when you have a sensitive tip, you can, it's also what you're really looking for is a rod that has a good amount of vibration when you feel hits. Um, so even just having the slightest thing and, you know, when you, ha if you have a really thick rod, it's usually going to be a lot harder for you to, to really see the top move because that's what you're looking at. You're not looking at like the middle of your rod for a fish to bite. You're looking at the top. So that sensitive tip allows you to see even the slightest movement, um, which will, can help you. And, you know, believe it or not, it can actually help you find out what fish is biting. You could guess. So is it strong yet flimsy? Yes, exactly. So I could literally take um, a medium light with a flexible tip and I could like bend it all the way down and it would not break. And what's really nice about those, especially when you're fishing by structure, um, if like, like, let's say you're fishing by a dock and a fish is, um, t takes you like below, uh, where, where the, uh, where like the, pi the pilings and the pillars are. And you're trying to have, you know, you're trying to horse yourself, trying to, you know, get that fish out. If you have something that's not really flexible, um, and I've seen it, like I've seen videos happen where when it takes them too far down in the structure, their 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 rod tip snaps, and having something that's flexible and strong will help keep that fish. Um, well, I you know, and I know line has something to do with it too, but it just helps you have a better chance of landing that fish. Mm -hmm. um, and I know some people are gonna say that you know a certain size works for like you could use a medium, uh, a medium heavy for anything, but I definitely think that there's pros to each size of rod. Right. Oh, I was just going to wait to see if you... Do you have anything you want to add to that? Oh, what I was going to say is if you're... If any of y'all are ever getting into fishing, like, let's say you're, like, Isaac's level of understanding of fishing, I recommend... It, and that's not a jab at Isaac. I mean, we were all at that... Oh, hey, hey, hey. No, no offense here. I know I'm not very bright in that department. But if you're looking for a rod, like a basic rod to start off with, I recommend you get a medium action um, with the medium fast. It's pretty much the it's like the middle. It's you know not too not too flimsy, but it's also not too stiff. So if you're looking for one, you can use kind of all around. They can get used to. I recommend getting medium fast because that that's pretty much. And they're usually the best bang for your buck in terms of 
what you get out of it. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I also know that those um, those sizes also has to deal with the thickness of mm-hmm. the rod. Um, like if if we if like for example, if Porter and I were going trout fishing in a creek, we're not gonna bring an eight foot medium heavy rod that's like you know that's super thick um, because you just you want to be able to feel the tension uh, of 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 a fish biting or it, especially. Um, when you set the hook, it's nice to have that give, uh, because if it's too solid in the front, you could potentially rip the hook out of the fish's mouth if it doesn't give. Um, so I think it's very important to have something that fits with the species that you're going for, because you're not going to take a 12 foot pole to, mm. or a 12 foot rod to get a, a, tr- a speckled trout. I just right. think that's a little overkill. Yeah. And, um, and kind of adding on what you're saying, like the thickness, it te- it's kind of the thickness. What I'm seeing is that it's usually based off where it starts to bend. Right. That kind of determines the action. So pretty much you're on the right track. Yeah. It's like where it gets thick. It's like so like a, a fast action. Those things are usually pretty thin throughout. And then like right at the bottom, yep. it gets pretty thick. Yeah. That's like the um, the red bone. And it's that's another uh, rod brand that, you know, I – we used yeah, for and we're not. Lives. And to be clear, we're not sponsored by them either. Uh, not, I mean, not that it matters, but yeah, they're a great brand for sure. We've used it. We've caught plenty of fish on it. But the thing with that one, since it's a fast, a medium fast action, like we were talking about, it bends a good amount, but it doesn't bend too much to the point where if a big fish, like a a good, like a decent slot red drum, and for those that are wondering what a slot means. There are size regulations for redfish. Well, for so, most fish, I mean, but you sorry. I'm saying like yeah. for specific, like this specific species. Right. The slot is the part or is the size limits where you can keep them. The bull redfish, which you might have heard, is the size where it's above the slot limit, so you cannot keep those right. fish. And and then puppy drum are the smaller fish. They aren't slot yet, but they like they're pretty much ones that were just spawned or are just like the little puppies, like, you know, just right. born. So here's a quiz for you, Porter. What is the slot for redfish? 18 to 27 inches. 20, I thought it was 26. 18 to 27, 27 inches. Oh, but black drum is 14, 14 to 20, 25. 14 to 25. 4 to 24. It should be 25. This is why we have fish rules. We use fish rules. And that is another app that is really nice because – um, being able to see the slot, uh, the slot sizes for uh, fish is very, very important. To check your local regulations wherever you are, we cannot stress that enough. Um, take care of the fish that you catch. Um, we're removing it from their homes, um, and it's important to respect and to to love. You know, if you love fishing, it's important to respect what you do. I mean, especially since God has given you the opportunity Mm. to catch this fish, it's one of His creatures. Make sure we're taking care of. My goodness, God's creation is amazing, and. I, I don't know. That's one of my favorite parts about fishing. You see uh, all that God's created. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, we're yeah. blessed to live where we do. Oh, my and goodness. Being able to experience the multitude of uh, enjoyable facets that come with fishing, mm-hmm. be it fellowship, enjoying family time. Uh, I mean, hey, you could consider fishing a, a, a method of Sabbath for sure, just resting and enjoying. Because, I mean, it's very relaxing. I don't know about y'all, mm-hmm. but even if you don't catch something, it's still fun to go out there and 
say you went fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very. We are very blessed. I'd yeah. agree. But yes, and um, I would say that I'd agree with you, Porter, that medium fast is a great, great ride to go with. But reels, in my opinion, okay, I know, you know, there you can, okay, I'm going to rephrase it this way. For a beginner, you don't need to buy a super expensive reel. But if you really get into fishing, I don't think you can really cheap out on reels. You have, mm-hmm. to, I think you need to get something somewhat reliable. And there's things that you're gonna have to get into when it comes to reels, like what? how to properly clean them. And this is kind of a small factor that I mean, even if you're advanced, you don't really have to get into is the gear ratio. And that's for that's like for every three, what is it? It's like the little bits in the around the gears. Mm-hmm. I forgot what they're called. Are you talking about the teeth of the gears? I, I or maybe the bearings? It's the bearings. bearings. Every three bearings, there's a gear. And for and every time there's more bearings in a gear, that means that it's stronger. Yep. So let's say a pin, there's pin reel, pin battle. We'll say it's more specific. It has a three to one gear ratio. It That's a solid, that's a solid reel. Pretty good. It's a very good reel. But then you have the pin spin fisher which is more expensive isn't it four to two or is it four to one it's four to one that's why it's so expensive is because of that gear ratio now it might seem like a one bearing difference isn't a lot but a one bearing difference can take you a very long way it's kind of um it also i think it has more gears with it too so it kind of adds to it which makes it so much more expensive and the new pin reel that just came out the pin authority i mean um, so expensive. Yeah, it's I if even if you've been fishing a while, I would not recommend it. But that's just a personal preference. I just think it's kind of unnecessary to spend five hundred dollars on it. Um, but it is. I've heard it's a solid reel. Like if you're if you're um big into striped bass fishing, I've heard it's very solid. Like it can last a solid time. Um, if you treat it well, if you can you know clean it properly. And do all the right things to, you know, let it last a while. Um, those are very, very solid reels. And there's another brand. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. Sam, will correct me if I'm wrong. It's 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 German. It's with the um, Van Stahl. Van Stahl. Um, those are very expensive. Like eight hundred dollars, thousand dollars just for the reel. But that's because the material that they're made out of cannot rust. Like right. you could literally dip a van stall in ocean water, and it will not rust. It's it. That's why they're so expensive, it's and it. they're good reels. Mm-hmm. But um, so I w- I looked up so gear ratio in a fishing reel determines the speed at which a reel picks up line. Okay. Um, but fair. no, but that means I mean, that means that they are stronger. Like, um, I think a gear could take you from catching like a a trout to a grouper like it it can be that well and it also has to deal with the size reel i understand that too but gear ratio is very important to look at even then even the size of the reel i don't think it's that as much important as if the gear ratio yeah because i mean with the size of the reel that's just i mean if you're you're going overboard and buying like a 8000 series then you're trying to go for like big tuna or something like that well, that if you're going for tuna, I mean, yes, but usually you'd use a conventional reel for that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, speaking of the size of reels, that is pretty, pretty, pretty important. Um, and I say that it's super important because 
you could buy something that's five hundred plus dollars when you only really needed to spend hundred, two hundred bucks. And mm-hmm. um, so, so when you look at when you go to a store to buy uh, to buy a fishing rod, mm-hmm. you'll see on the side. Usually, well, wouldn't you? It's on the box. It's, or on the box, right. That's a good point. On the box of the fishing reel, you will see that it will say, most of the time, 2500 3000 3500 4000 up to sometimes even 9000 Depends what you Depends doing. on what you get. So, basically, the uh, smaller the number, the smaller the reel. Right. And depending on where you're fishing there are recommended reel sizes for that type of fishing. For instance, if I'm going to go fishing in a creek, I would go 2,500 and 4,000 would be my absolute maximum. I try to like to stay in the 2,500 to 3,500 range. When I'm going uh, sound fishing in the sound, again, 2,500, but you could go up to 4,500 depending on what you're fishing for. You could even go to six thousand. Go to six thousand depends, especially if you're fishing in the sound. You're fishing by bridges. You go up to six, and then when you are fishing in the ocean, you could use anything from a three thousand to an eight thousand, or even more. Um, if you're going for bluefin tuna, which is a very very big tuna species, up to a thousand pounds in size, you use the. Um, it's called a conventional style conventional, reel. Conventional style. And uh, if you research those, those things are huge. Those um, things are $1,000. And I Mike mean, was off. Why are they considered conventional? Uh, that's a great question. I just know that they're called conventional reels, and basically they just are... That's s- the old-fashioned way. That's how they were originally made, I think. I think and so. uh, is the price, when they uh, differentiate between a conventional and a different reel, what's the price difference looking like? It's a lot of conventional reels. I mean, obviously it differs depending on the size of the reel that isn't conventional and the size of the conventional reel. Right. Um, but if you're going for like, you've, you've seen Wicked Tuna, right, Isaac? Absolutely. And so that reel right there is, I mean, $1,000. Yeah, for sure. The, the ones that are the size of my head. So mm-hmm. that is the reel that they're usually using is called a Pen International. And Pen International's... I've seen them go for a thousand, but if you were to just go on the internet to see the price, they range from nine hundred and thirty bucks all the way to what looks like thirteen hundred. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, those things are. It's not a terribly large range, to be fair. But the same. I mean, yeah. I mean, still a thousand dollars for reels. Well, I mean, absolutely. But I mean, you're catching fish that are worth two, three grand with those. I'm assuming. Yeah. Probably more. I mean, I saw wasn't there was a thing where in Japan someone caught a bluefin and sold it for like two million. Well, I don't know about two million, but I do know that there was a bluefin tuna that was caught in New York, and I know the fishermen walked away with a hundred grand. Yeah, the, those things are worth a lot. I mean, it just depends on if you get lucky, because Wicked Tuna is a, actually a fantastic show for showing off what other people are capable of catching, but. There are a lot of intricacies that come with catching, especially tuna, because your rod might be staple, but I'd argue that one of the more important ones is what you're catching your fish on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the line the line is very, very important. I think um, that the line is probably, arguably, I'd say more important than the reel, because if you think about it, you could have, like, 
you're saying, like a, you know, huge 10 international, and you have, like, imagine if you had 10-pound mono, and I'll get into the specifics of the line in a second, but if you had 10-pound mono against a 400-pound bluefin tuna, that's snapping instantly. Yeah, I mean, instantly. You're, like, w- as soon as the fish touches the line, it might break. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, the line is very important. Uh, and I'm glad you were getting into that because, in my opinion, because you can fish. If you have the right line, you could have a cheap reel and you could get fish. Mm-hmm. Line is – okay, I know this, this could be a hot take. I know we're in the fishing segment, but um, – Line is probably the most important part of your rod and your reel. Yeah. I genuinely don't think that's debatable. Well, I mean, I guess, but... Well, because the thing is, with line, you could have something that is 400-pound test, right? Mm-hmm. And that will... You can use that in any sort of setup, unless I'm mistaken. But if you have something that can handle uh, you know, 400-pound test... And you go and try to catch a speckled trout that weighs three pounds, it'll hold up, right? Yes. Yeah. But, but I don't. But if you, how you were saying with the rods, if you have something that's super big and bulky, and you go to use at least the rod portion, you wouldn't use that to catch a speckled because you might not feel it. And then, I mean, realistically, the bigger rods you have to spend a crap ton of money on. Yeah. Whereas I feel like line for like tuna line, I can't imagine that that is a stupid amount of money, right? I mean, it's it de- well that the mass type of line, but the, and the mass quantity that they buy, it's still pretty expensive. Sure, but my thing is, I feel like the line is the most important because you're spending thirteen hundred dollars on a singular reel that requires a whole lot of upkeep. Uh, if it breaks, you have to spend another thirteen hundred dollars versus oh. line, where you don't have to spend thirteen hundred dollars on one purchase. You're just refreshing it basically and if you just buy one type of line odds are you can use it for anything not only at that level but below it so it's multifaceted right and we'll make an episode on how to properly clean your fishing reels because you could buy one fishing reel and make it last for a couple years so knowing how to do routine preventative maintenance on your fishing reel reels as a fisherman is very very important but um yes and you know um and, uh, and certain fishermen will fish with a certain line because you have your main two. You have your monofilament line, and you have your and you have your braided line. And there are two. There, I would say that, in my opinion, for a braided line, there are two facts that you need to know. There's a pro and a con. Um, Porter, would you like to give the pro? So, I mean, out of some of the pros, you probably know more of the pros than I do. But I know that the pros for mono is that it's it's stronger. Um, well, it's it like with the strength test. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I'll go and explain that. Sorry for cutting you off. But they did. There's a YouTube channel that I watch, um, and they tested braided and monofilament line. So they did a strength test on abrasiveness. So basically, if you were to fish. Uh, around structure that have barnacles and oysters, um, which line would actually be able to hold uh, when it got scraped up against? Because think about it. When that fish is pulling, all that pressure that it's having, and then you have that line scrape across the, the piling and or whatever rocky, sharp structure, um, you want to have a good, reliable line because you never know what fish you might have. might be your biggest one. might be 
you know, might be a casual. I mean, you still don't want to lose fish, um, especially not leave it with tackle in its mouth. I that is one of my the worst feelings ever when you see a fish break off and have tackle in its mouth. I really don't like that. Um, but they did an abrasive test on monofilament and braid, and it turns out that mono is well, it's abrasive. Abrasive is a good thing. I'm pretty sure, right, Isaac? If if it's more abrasive, that's a good thing. Right. Uh, well, it depends because abrasive in most cases just means rougher. Right. Okay. So um, monofilament was basically it was stronger. And if that means it was less or more abrasive, um, I apologize. I can't remember. But I'm assuming it means less abrasive because in the case of braided versus mono, I'd imagine that mono is stretchier. Correct? Uh, yes. Mono is stretchier. So yep. I'm assuming abrasiveness has to deal with because abrasive uh, you'll see it like with uh, a sponge. The abrasive side is the more rough, uh, textured end. So I'm assuming abrasiveness in this case is referring to the yield of the line, the the ability for it to uh, relieve pressure through stretching. Yeah. So they did some tests, and mono blew the braided line out of the water. There's no, there's like, there's no. Um, denying that mono is stronger than braid but with braid you have longer casts and it's you it's a lot more i guess the way i'd put it it's more sensitive like you feel a lot more than you do with mono but when you're fishing structure like reefs docks and things that have the barnacles oysters and just jetties rocky structures it is important in my opinion i always use and we still fish with braid braid is an amazing line Mm -hmm. and so is mono but i think it's important to have a setup where you have monofilament line because you never know what that structure might be. And um, I never would have thought that mono would have been stronger than braid, but um, there's pros and cons to both. Well, you're talking about the, you know, the, the the barnacles and structures and things that have potentially sharp and otherwise cutting and weakening edges with braided. If it runs across a barnacle, is it, less likely to cut because it has multiple lines intertwined so you cut one but they're still two intact uh i would assume so but all i know is that if you rub braided line against a dock structure it's gonna snap almost immediately so the friction oh you know that could be what they're referring to abrasiveness wise the line could be rougher so it's catching on more so versus sliding across it's catching and that's what's tearing it but yeah um and that's why, so, you know, when you see, uh, like, the tuna, when tuna fishermen, you're most likely not going to see one of those rods have braided line on them okay. because of that. Yeah, uh, so that makes sense to me. And Just also because the, the mono is stronger okay. and it's stretchier. Yeah, uh, and, and I understand that it makes sense in that regard because you want something strong but also not too expensive so i feel like braided is more expensive if i'm not mistaken yes, braid right? is a lot more expensive so in the realm of prices sportsman wholesale is a very 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 famous uh thing in the fishing world from what i understand and real outdoors uh okay and real outdoors. yep yep EJW all of those especially yes yeah eastern north carolina you could continue naming them i'm sure we've yeah. got more in the bank but Loose. from what i understand sportsman wholesale is really well known for Dropping prices, especially when it comes to things like combos, the buying in bulk and dropping prices as a result. 
in regards to combos, is there any, does it make sense to buy a combo? Uh, should you go for more assembling yourself, such as, uh, similarly to buying a pre-made versus building your own PC? Is there any any merit to going for a combo versus assembling it yourself? Yes, I believe there uh, there is, because, you know, you could buy, for instance, a pen rod, I mean a pen reel, and the rod that it comes with that combo, that pen rod is still a really good rod. It's not something that you shouldn't use. Um, I think budget-wise, it is definitely smarter to go with a combo, um, but if you have the money, I mean, there are definitely better rods that you can find, like Porter said, the Fenwick's, um, you know, your star rods, even some of the tsunamis, um, the list goes on and on and on and on and on of amazing rods that you can find. Um, but I definitely think that there is a truth to be told about a combo set. It's a great deal. I, I really think so. And to me, combos kind of kind of like a buy one, get one free sort of mm -hmm. is you get the, the big part of it, which is real. But the rod kind of comes for free. And in some instances, it's kind of you kind of find gold in that. And when we got the the pin battle combo, mm -hmm. that rod, that rod held up really well. We still have it. Oh no, we didn't. <laughs> it got, yeah, it got like, snapped in half. Still a good rod though. Well, and it was fighting what a two hundred pound ray. I don't that, know if it's two not two hundred. Hundred pound. I'm yeah. sure it's got two hundred and it pounds was worth of torque and pulling oh, on sure. that line. It was triple digits. I'm yeah. Sure. And the barb was like a foot long. Scary. Yeah. But no, I definitely think there's some truth to that. And with that, guys, that will wrap up our second episode uh, of the sports segment for the I believe sports, you mean fishing um, segment. Sorry, the fishing segment. Um, but God bless y'all, and we will see y'all, or we'll see you on the other side.